Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome everyone to Too Good to be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject for today's show is the Nazis and ancient beliefs. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject and research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to explain by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter and shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We're not so good with pronouncing names, we apologize. And neither of us have any particular knowledge of ancient history, ancient beliefs, or the politics and wars of the 20th century. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. Hollywood has popularized the Nazis having ancient beliefs. 
1981 movie Raiders of the Lost Ark, starring Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, was the most successful of that year. The plot was set in 1936, with Indiana Jones being hired by the U.S. government to find the Ark of the Covenant before Hitler's Nazis could obtain its awesome powers. A line from the movie is as follows, quote, the Nazis have had teams of archaeologists running around the world looking for all kinds of religious artifacts. Hitler is a nut on the subject, unquote. The Ark of the Covenant, what is that exactly? The Life Science website provides a description, quote, the Ark of the Covenant is a chest that held tablets engraved with the Ten Commandments. According to the Hebrew Bible, the Ark was constructed by the Israelites while they were camping out in the Sinai Desert after they fled Egypt. The Hebrew Bible doesn't specify when they fled Egypt, and there is debate among scholars as to whether there, there ever was an exodus from Egypt. The Ark vanished when the Babylonians conquered Jerusalem in 587 BC. The Ark has a number of seemingly magical powers, according to the Hebrew Bible. In one story, the Jordan River stopped flowing and remained still while a group of priests carrying the Ark crossed the river. Other stories describe how the Israelites took the Ark with them into battle, where the powers of the Ark helped the Israelites defeat their enemies. Unquote. The Hollywood movie was just a work of fiction, right? The story was developed by George Lucas, but Steven Spielberg directed the movie, which is quite a combination. The story is reported as original and fictional, but is based on the reality of uh, Nazi interests in ancient beliefs. When did the Nazi interests begin? Right from the start, apparently, with the ancient beliefs, including the occult. I think many people have had the, have heard the word occult as ancient beliefs associated with the Nazis and may have an idea of what it means. But what exactly is the occult? I looked at various definitions with probably the best being related to hidden knowledge, which might include mysticism, magic or the supernatural. The occult is sometimes associated with Satanism. The Big Think website explains the roots of the Nazi party and its connections with occultism. Quote, as it turns out, the Nazi party incorporated occultism from its very start. The political group that eventually became the Nazi party, the German Workers' Party, or DAP, was founded in part by individuals from the Thule Society, an esoteric group dedicated to studying the mythological origins of the Aryan race. Several prominent Nazis were either members or active within the society, including Rudolf Hess, Rudolf Hess sorry, who would become the deputy Führer to Hitler. Alfred Rosenberg, head of the ministry that oversaw Nazi Germany's occupied territories in Eastern Europe, and Dietrich Eckhart, who founded the DAP. The Thor Society's primary focus, primary focus was on the study of Ariosophy, uh, referring to wisdom regarding the Aryans founded by occultists Guido von List and Lands von Liebenfels. These individuals' beliefs would come to inform significant aspects of the Nazi state, such as von List's belief in the power of magical runes. The most glaring example of this would be the twin Sig runes that form the SS insignia. Unquote. According to Wikipedia, runes spelt R-U-N-E-S are the letters in runic alphabets which were used to write various German, Germanic languages before the adoption of the Latin alphabet. So they were early letters and early alphabets. 
What is the Aryan race? Wikipedia explains Nazi beliefs regarding Aryans. Quote, Hiller made references to an Aryan race founding a, a superior type of humanity. The purest stock of Aryans, according to Nazi ideology, was the Nordic people of Germany, England, Denmark, the Netherlands, Sweden, and Norway. The Nazis defined Nordics as being identified by tall stature, average 175 centimeters, long faces, prominent chins, narrow and straight noses with a low bridge, lean builds, doliocephalic skulls, straight light hair, light eyes, and fair skin. The Nazis claimed that Germanic people specifically represented the southern branch of the Aryan Nordic population. Unquote. Doliocephalic skulls are, are long relative to their width. Obviously, Hitler was influenced by and adopted these strange beliefs. The Big Thing article continues with Thule Society uh, occultist Lands von Liebenfeld's ideas. Quote, von Liebenfeld argued that the Aryan people were intentionally bred via electricity by interstellar deities called Theozoa, while the other races were the results of interbreeding between humanity and ape men. According to Liebenfels, gradual interbreeding had robbed the Aryans of their magical powers. Liebenfels would also circulate a magazine called Astara, based on these beliefs, whose readership included the young Adolf Hitler. In addition to embracing these occult ideas, the Thule Society also believed that a proto-Aryan race lived on the island of Thule, a mythological northern island that is probably more familiar by its alternative names. Hyperborea or Atlantis, unquote. So one or two persons' strange beliefs essentially shaped Nazi doctrine. That could be said, but the source of the beliefs changed over time. The same article continues, quote, yet despite of all its connection to the origins of Nazism, the Thule Society eventually dissolved prior to Hitler's rise to power. In fact, a great number of German occult societies were shut down, though not because of a sudden surge of scepticism or rational belief. Instead, occult-related activities and organizations were often suppressed in Nazi Germany at the behest of Heinrich Himmler's Rasputin-like personal occultist, Karl Maria Willigut. The point of this was to ensure that Willigut's own branch of occultism would be the eminent philosophy of the Nazis. Willigut had developed a religion centered on worshipping the Germanic god Ermin. According to Willigut, German culture dated back to 228,000 BC, a period of time when the earth had three suns and was populated by giants, dwarves and other mythical creatures. He also claimed to be descended from a line of kings from this period of time. It should also be noted that Willigut was a diagnosed schizophrenic, unquote. The Germanic god Ermin was symbolic, symbolic for Saxon tribes. Heinrich Himmler, who led the SS, was an avid believer in the occult and consulted Willigut, who apparently helped design the death's head rings that SS troops wore. Rasputin was a self-proclaimed holy man and mystic who befriended the family of Tsar Nicholas II in Russia and apparently had great influence over them. What were the SS? World War II was a pretty long time ago. Wikipedia explains that the that SS is short for Schutzstaffel and also explains the evil and humanity of that organization. Quote, the Schutzstaffel, SS literally protection squadron, was a major paramilitary organization under Adolf Hitler 
and the Nazi Party, NSDAP, in Nazi Germany, and later throughout German occupied Europe during World War II. It began with a small guard unit known as the Salschutz, whole security made up of NSDAP volunteers to provide security for party meetings in Munich. In 1925, Heinrich Himmler joined the unit, which had by then been reformed and given its final name. Under his direction, 1929 to 45, it grew from a small paramilitary formation during the Weimar Republic to one of the most powerful organizations in Nazi Germany. From 1929 until the regime's collapse in 1945, the SS was the foremost agency of security, surveillance and terror within Germany and Germany and German-occupied Europe. The two main constituent groups were the Allemann SS, General SS, and Waffen SS, Armed SS. The Allemann SS were, was responsible for enforcing the racial policy of Nazi Germany and general policing whereas the Waffen-SS consisted of combat units within Nazi Germany's military. I think we have to leave it there for the break. Yes, we'll continue after this short break, and you're listening to Too Good To Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Patty Conklin grew up in Brooktondale, New York with a unique ability. Unlike others, she could see how the vibration of words and emotions affected the physical body. She discovered how to release stored emotion and facilitate healing. This began today's Conklin method of cellular cleansing. The private practice grew with tremendous results, as did her reputation. More and more people sought her out, bringing her into the home for healing. She soon realized she could even teach this to others, and they could shift perception and thus prevent illness from occurring. Patty Conklin quickly became a frequent keynote speaker, and she developed a curriculum for teaching the Conklin method of cellular cleansing. For more information, visit pattyconklin.com. P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N, pattyconklin.com, or call 404-474-0086. That's 404-474-0086. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. It's formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. 
visit vitalityhappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Before the break, we were discussing the SS, and Dad, you were quoting from Wikipedia. So can you please continue with the quote? Yes, a third component of the SS, the SS Totenkopfverband, SSTV, ran the concentration camps and extermination camps. Additional subdivisions of the SS included the Gestapo and the Sischerheitsdienst, SD organizations. They were tasked with the detection of actual or potential enemies in the Nazi state, the neutralization of any opposition, policing the German people for their commitment to Nazi ideology, and providing domestic and foreign intelligence. Sicher Heitsdienst means security. If we don't remember mankind's inhumanity to mankind, then we are at the risk of repeating it. I think the Holocaust is for another show, but we mustn't forget the industrialized murder of an estimated 11 million fellow human beings, including women and children. Going back to the leader of the SS, Hendrik Hilmer, were rituals involved in his ideology? Apparently so. He took over a castle and remodeled it, apparently just for that purpose. Here's more from Wikipedia. Quote, the best legal minds, doctors and scientists volunteered for the SS and became officers. The inner circle of SS head Heinrich Himmler included jurists and doctors who led the campaigns of destruction or were commanders of concentration and death camps. Between 1936 and 1941, some of these people met in Wewellsburg Castle in northwestern Germany once a year under Himmler's command to take part in satanic rituals and read cultish texts to Germanic tribes. With Himmler as King Arthur and 12 SS officers as the 12 knights, these Nazi-led leaders gathered annually in night's gear at a round table and tried to channel the pagan heroes of German legend. The castle was the pseudo-religious holy center of the SS. It was built in the late Middle Ages and its walls were decorated with the symbol of the Indo-European black sun symbol, similar to the swastika. The castle is believed to be in the area where the German hero Arminius, also called Hermann de Cherusker, defeated the Roman army in the year 9 CE, essentially liberating the Germans from Roman rule. According to German legend, one of the castle's rooms served as a center of worship of the Holy Grail. 
That brings us back to the Indiana Jones movies. The third one, The Last Crusade from 1989, was about the Nazis trying to locate the Holy Grail. According to the London Daily Express newspaper from November 2013, the Nazis in particular, Heinrich Himmler, wanted to locate the Holy Grail, as well as the lost city of Atlantis. Quote, for Himmler and his cronies, it was a perfect solution. At the heart of the Nazi, of the Nazi creed, was the conviction that the Aryan race from which true Germans were said to be descended was superior to all others. Yet there was one huge stumbling block. No one had ever uncovered any temples, scriptures or artifacts to prove this ancient civilization existed. But if they found the evidence of the Nazis could establish their own religion to replace Christianity. For the next decade, Himmler led a shadowy project devoted to this bizarre theory. The SS unit called the Annen Erbe Ancestral Heritage, comprising archaeologists and scientists, scoured the globe hunting for proof of the lost Aryans of Atlantis. The article continues. Himmler also enlisted Otto Rahn, a historian who was fascinated by the legend of King Arthur. Rahn was an eccentric who wore a black fedora hat and has been described as the Nazi Indiana Jones. He was certainly the inspiration for Steven Spielberg's hero and like Indiana in the Last Crusade movie, was obsessed with finding the Holy Grail. Rand's research suggested that the last keepers of the Grail were the Cathars, who were wiped out in the 13th century. Legend had it that the Grail, which is supposed to have been a cup or bowl used by Christ to consecrate, consecrate the Last Supper and, have, and to have mystical powers, was spirited away and hidden in a cave. Rand studied the Arthurian stories for clues and concluded that the resting place was a ruined castle, Montsegur in the French Pyrenees. He had dedicated his life to uncovering the Grail, but had run out of funds until he was invited to meet Himmler in 1934. Rahn agreed to join the SS if the Nazis put up the cash to continue the search. It was also claimed that Himmler made a wartime visit to another possible Grail location, Montserrat Abbey near Barcelona in 1940, unquote. The Cathars were a religious sect located in southern France, which challenged the authority of the Catholic Church. We can't get away from Indiana Jones, but what a weird mixture of beliefs. The swastika, of course, is a symbol most closely associated with the Nazis. The swastika originated in India, didn't it? The BBC website, an article from 2014, describes the history of the swastika. Quote, in the ancient Indian language of Sanskrit, swastika means well-being. The symbol has been used by Hindus, Buddhists, and Jains for, millenn for millennia and is commonly assumed to be an Indian sign. Early Western travelers to Asia were inspired by its positive and, and ancient associations and started using it back home. By the beginning of the 20th century, there was a huge fad for the swastika as a benign good luck symbol. In his book, The Swastika, Symbol Beyond Redemption, U.S. graphic design writer Stephen Heller shows it was enthusiastically adopted in the West as an architectural motive on a, on a motif on advertising and product design. Coca-Cola used it, Carlsberg used it on their beer bottles, the Boy Scouts adopted it, and the Girls Club of America called their magazine Swastika. They would even send out Swastika badges to their young readers as a prize for selling copies of the magazine, he says. It was used by American military units during World War I, and it could be seen on RAF planes as late as 1939. 
Most of these benign uses came to a halt in the 1930s as the Nazis rose to power in Germany. The Nazi use of the swastika stems from the work of 19th century German scholars translating Old Indian texts who noted similarities between their own language and Sanskrit. They concluded that Indians and Germans must have had a shared ancestry and imagined a race of white godlike warriors they called Aryans. Unquote. Jains were the followers of Jainism, an Indian religion founded in the 6th century BC. What is the final Nazi ancient belief we have time for? The Spear of Destiny or the Holy Lance. This was a spear believed to have been used by a Roman centurion at the crucifixion to pierce the side of Jesus. The Young Museum website provides a description. It should be noted that several spears exist with the same historical claims. Quote, the motion picture Rages of the Lost Art was an exciting fictional saga with evil Nazis, a heroic archaeologist, and a missing supernatural treasure. The tale that inspired a movie that was almost as gripping as the film. It comes from a 1973 book by historian Trevor Ravenscroft entitled The Spear of Destiny. The article continues. According to Ravenscroft, the lance was possessed by a series of successful military leaders, including Theodosius, Alaric, who was responsible for the second of Rome, Charles Martel, who defeated the Muslims in 733 AD, Charlemagne and Frederick Barbarossa. A legend grew around the lads that whoever possessed it would be able to conquer the world. Napoleon attempted to obtain the lands after the Battle of Austerlitz, but it had been smuggled out of the city prior to the start of the fight, and he never got hold of it. According to the legend, Charlemagne carried the spear through 47 successful battles, but died when he accidentally dropped it. Barbarossa met the same fate only a few minutes after it slipped out of his hands while he was crossing a stream. Unquote. Charlemagne was an emperor who ruled Central Europe and Western Europe, including Germany in the 9th century, while Frederick Barbarossa was king of Germany and a Holy Roman emperor in the 12th century. So what was the connection with the Nazis? Here is more from the Unmuseum article. Quote, the spirit finally wound up in the possession of the House of the Habsburgs, and by 1912 was part of the treasure collection stored in Hofburg Museum. According to Ravenscroft, it was in September of that year, while living in Vienna and working as a watercolour painter, the young Adolf Hitler visited the museum and learned of the lance and its reputation. Dr. Walter Stein, who accompanied Hitler on that visit, remembered, when we first stood side by side in front of the Spear of Destiny, it appeared to me that Hitler was in so deep a condition of trance that he was he was almost suffering, almost complete sense denudation and a total lack of self-consciousness. Hitler later said, I stood around there quietly gazing upon it for several minutes, quite oblivious to the scene around me. It seemed to carry some hidden inner meaning which evaded me, a meaning which I felt inwardly knew yet I could not bring to consciousness. I felt as though I myself had held it before in some earlier century of history that I myself had once claimed it as my talisman of power and held the destiny of the world in my hands. Hitler saw the lance as his mystical connection with the generations of conquering Germanic leaders that had come before him. On March 14, 1938, after he had risen to power as the Chancellor of Germany, Hitler annexed the state of Austria and ordered that the spear, along with the rest of the Habsburg collection, 
be sent to the city of Nuremberg, heart of the Nazi movement, unquote. So Hitler had taken possession of the sphere. Presumably, he believed it it would empower him. Here's more from the Young Museum article, but I think we better just go into the break. I'll take the time to mention our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True with the first T, or first two spelled T-W-O, and we will continue after this short break. You're listening to Too Good To Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com, or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Xzone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week. More than entertainment, Healing Within offers educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com. P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, you can work with Patty through Skype, phone, or in person visiting one of her retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404-474-0086. That's pattyconklin.com or call 404-474-0086. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. 
Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were discussing the sphere and if Hitler took possession of the sphere. So, Dad, can you continue, please? Yes, I was just trying to quote from the uh, another quote from the Unmuseum article. Quote, on October 13th, the lance was loaded onto an armored train and sent to the city. There it was kept in St. Catherine's Church throughout the most successful portion of Hitler's military campaign. In October 1944, after success had shifted to the Allied side, the spear, along with the rest of the collection, was moved to a specially constructed underground vault that would protect it from heavy bombing. Six months later, on April 30th, 1945, at 2.10 p.m., advancing American forces took possession of the vault and the spear. Eighty minutes later, Adolf Hitler died by his own hand in a bunker in Berlin. Today, the Holy Lance has been returned to the Hofburg Museum. Is it authentic? General George S. Patton thought so. He became fascinated by the sphere and after the war and, and had its history traced, unquote. General Patton was probably the most well-known United States general of World War II, whose death in 1945 followed an auto accident in Germany, uh, which has remained a matter of controversy to this day. With that, it's time for the first question. Is there any truth behind the plot of the 1981 movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark, including whether the Nazis were trying to locate the Ark of the Covenant to use its awesome powers? There's some truth to that, yes. One moment. So the Nazis actually believed in the existence of the Ark of the Covenant? Yes. Is there any truth in the line in the movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Nazis have had teams of archaeologists running around the world looking for all kinds of religious artifacts. Hitler's a nut on the subject. Yes, that could be said. Is the Ark of the Covenant a chest that held tablets engraved with the Ten Commandments? Yes. Did the Ark vanish when the Babylonians conquered, the, conquered Jerusalem in 587 BC? Yes. Did the Ark have a number of seemingly magical powers, including the Jordan River stopping flow and remaining still while a group of priests carrying the Ark crossed the river? And that's what has been said, yes. So that is mostly true. Did the Israelites take the Ark with them into battle with the powers of the Ark, helping the Israelites defeat their enemies? That's what, again, has been said, and the rumor is true, yes. Why would a religious artifact help a tribe or people when they went into battle? If it had special properties. So if it is not just a religious artifact, but also is embedded with other properties. Why was the Thule Society an esoteric group dedicated to studying the mythological origins of the RN race involved in forming the German Workers' Party, which later became the Nazi Party? Basically, trying to find different knowledge and artifacts from what was considered as important in their minds. So trying to connect the dots, you could say, between the people, the artifacts, and the knowledge they held. The story for the movie, Raiders of the Lost Star, 
is reported as fictional and original, but does it have any basis in truth? There's bits and pieces of truth, but again, not everything is correct. Why were several prominent Nazis either members or active within the civil society? You could say that they were also helping the society, so it went both ways. So you would see a lot of groups of people where their members overlap if there's a shared interest. Besides having roots in the German Workers' Party, why did the Nazi Party incorporate occultism from its very start? Just how the founders believed it should be. So they believed to abide by strict guidelines and make sure their members were pretty inclusive and exclusive. So the members were specifically chosen. Why did the Soul Society occultists Guido von Liszt believe in the power of magical runes, resulting in the twin Sig runes being used to form the SS insignia. That's what the ancient knowledge said, so they were following the knowledge that they believed was true. Why would Hitler and the Nazis believe in an Aryan race being a superior type of humanity? Basically, you could almost say they believed that there were these other beings who had more power and more control and even bigger and better technology than they had. So if they understood this knowledge, they would become more powerful in their minds. Why did the Nazis claim that Germanic people represented a southern branch of the Aryan Nordic population, with Nordic people being the supposed purest of Aryans who lived in countries like the Netherlands, Sweden, or Norway? Basically, that's the knowledge that they thought they found. So they found some texts that stated that and believed in that. Why did the Thor Society occultists, uh, or sorry, why did Thor Society occultists Lance von Liebenfels have the strange belief that the Aryan people were intentionally bred via electricity by interstellar deities called Theozoa, while the other races were the result of interbreeding between humanity and ape-men? Again, because of some supposed texts they found. So they tried to translate some ancient texts and believe that is what it was guiding them towards. Why did the Thor Society also believe that a prototype Aryan race lived on the island of Thor, a mythological northern island that is probably more familiar by its alternate names, Hyperborea or Atlantis? Again, this ancient knowledge that you could say, and it's actually quite common in different societies to believe in all different types of even visions. So it links back to the supposed visions people believe they had about Atlantis especially. Why did the Thor Society eventually dissolve prior to Hitler's rise to power? Basically, since there weren't enough members. So if you don't have enough people, eventually the society will collapse. What was the point of having only Willy Gut's brand of occultism as the eminent philosophy of the Nazis? Basically, just what Himmler thought was right, and also to make it the one and only, to eliminate all competition. Why did Willigott develop a religion centered on worshipping the German god Ermin? Basically, just what they chose. There wasn't too much consideration behind that choice. It was just what the what they felt was right. Who was the Germanic god Ermin? There's not too much to say except that the god was believed to bring a lot of power. So to bring power, and not only to the other gods, but to humans. So providing ways that humans could, you could say, in a way be closer to being on a god level. 
Why did Willy Gert conclude that German culture dated back to 228,000 BC, a period of time when the Earth had three suns and was populated by giants, dwarves and other mythical creatures? Again, supposed books that told them about this information. So a lot of it was actually written down, and once they read it, they did believe it. How could Willy Gert claim to be descended from a line of kings from that period of time? Again, just the thought processes. So it's hard because every human can believe in multiple different ideas. However, they're not always rooted in truth or fiction or fact. They're more of a fictionalized version of the truth. Why wasn't Willigert's credibility questioned when he was uh, when he was a diagnosed schizophrenic? Again, people don't always believe in the diagnoses that they receive. So many people haven't been diagnosed with certain disorders. However, they do have the characteristics of these disorders. So there has to be a diagnosis and also this belief that it's true. Why did apparently intelligent men, including lawyers, doctors and scientists, wish to join the SS, especially given the apparent insanity of Nazi objectives and doctrine? It's pretty simple that most humans want to find somewhere where they can belong. So they join these groups to find somewhere where they can belong and feel like they are closer to other people. Between 1936 and 1941, did SS personnel meet in Wewellsburg Castle in northwestern Germany once a year under Himmler's command to take part in satanic rituals and read cultish texts of Germanic tribes? Yes. Did Himmler dress as King Arthur with 12 SS officers dressed as the 12 knights gather around or gather annually at a round table in Wewellsburg Castle while attempting to channel pagan heroes of German legend. Yes, they did. What was the meaning of the Indo-European black sun symbol, similar to the swastika that decorated the castle walls? In simple terms, it meant power, and also that they were above other people. So you can think of it as they don't think of themselves as members of society anymore, but they thought they were almost godlike. According to German legend, earlier in the castle's history, did one of the castle's rooms serve as a center of worship of the Holy Grail? That's the rumor, yes, but that's not true. Did Himmler put anything into the castle to acknowledge the Holy Grail? Oh yes, 100%. Why would those with non-Christian beliefs acknowledge or worship a Christian artifact? Because of what it stands for. So the Holy Grail basically represents being almost the level of a god. So being able to live forever and be youthful forever. So to become this godlike, that's what they were aiming for. Why was the so-called Nazi Indiana Jones historian Otto Rand correct in his research that the last keepers of the Holy Grail were the Cathars who were wiped out in the 13th century? Yes. Is the Holy Grail hidden away, destroyed, or did it never exist? It's destroyed at this point, but there's still rumor that it never existed. But if it did exist, it is destroyed now. I think it's that there isn't time for the next question. I think we have to go into the break, Justine. We'll continue after this short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. Thank you. 
If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxone, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not so secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit iconquality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. 
Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are going through the questions and psychic insight about the Nazis and ancient beliefs. Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Yes. Um, why would the Nazis, in the absence of archaeological evidence supporting the existence of their thought-to-be Aryan race, go for Atlantis for its origin, when the accepted origin for a race also known as the as Aryan is prehistoric Iran? That's a complex question, but the simplest answer is there's always misinformation. So especially over time, different facts get very mixed up and people start believing what they want to believe instead of looking at physical evidence. And again, it's very hard over time since physical evidence can also change. Why would the Nazis want to establish their own religion to replace Christianity? Basically, so other people could be included. So religion is said to bring people together. So if a religion forms, it's something for people to believe in and attracts different types of people and followers. So once a religion is added to something, it becomes a safe place in a way. Why did the SS Ancestral Heritage Unit, comprising of archaeologists and... Oh, sorry, I'll start it again. What did the SS Ancestral Heritage Unit, comprising of archaeologists and scientists, actually discover in their global search for Atlantis? At this point, there's so little that's known. So there's some features that seem very strange and even some artifacts found that don't completely make sense. However, there's still a lot more to be researched. So another problem with searching for Atlantis is a lot of what was used was natural to the Earth. So eventually, it's different artifacts, you could call them, that are going to blend more in with the Earth. Why was Otto Rahn fascinated by the legend of King Arthur? Basically, just an odd fascination. So not one particular reason, just again goes back to power and strength. Why did the swastika, a symbol used by Hindus, Buddhists and Jains for millennia, become a popular good luck sign used in the West at the beginning of the 20th century as an architectural design motif as well as for advertising and product design? Basically, the peace it brings. So it's very, you can say, peaceful image which just looks very appealing to the eye. You'll probably answer this already, but why was the swastika adopted by popular brands, the Boy Scouts, as well as being used by American military units, as well as being seen on British military aircraft? Again, yes, it's basically the same answer. And with symbols, if the symbols are repeating, that usually means that someone will remember them. So logo, logos and symbols are chosen quite often because they're the most appealing and ones that people will actually remember. Based on the work of 19th century German scholars translating Old Indian texts, were there actual similarities between the German language and Sanskrit leading to the adoption of the swastika by Nazis? That could be said, yes. If the Nazis concluded that Indians and Germans must have had a shared ancestry 
imagining a race of white godlike warriors they called Aryans. Why did they look to Atlantis for the origin of the Aryan race? That's what what is written down. So Atlantis is said to be the hub where the Aryan race began, where they started breeding with humans and where they kind of had their temple, you could call it, where they decided to start making their home, the earth. Was or is a spear of destiny or the Holy Lands in existence? which was believed to have been used by a Roman centurion at the crucifixion to pierce the side of Jesus. Unfortunately, that's more of a myth, so that has not been proven to exist. Why are there several spheres in existence with the same historical claims? There has been many different claims since there are these magical objects that are seeming to exist. But again, the powers they are said to have are not always true. So a lot of them are just weapons. So there never really was a spirit destiny with true historical significance? Not that it has been discovered, no. Was what was thought to have been a spirit of destiny possessed by a series of successful military leaders, including Theodosius, Alaric, Charles Martel, Charlemagne, and Frederick Barbarossa? That's what's been assumed, yes. But again, the sphere of destiny needs to be thought of as more of a weapon, too. So they believed it had these special powers. But again, anyone can believe anything has special powers. So someone may have their favorite rock. Just because they think it has special powers doesn't always mean it has these special powers. How did the legend arise that whoever possessed the sphere of destiny would be able to conquer the world? You could say the confidence and ego boost it gave them. So they really believed it. Therefore, their choices were based on that belief. Was the reason why Napoleon failed to obtain what he thought was a spear after the Battle of Austerlitz, Austerlitz due to it having been smuggled out of the city? Yes, that's correct. Did, as according to the legend, Charlemagne carry what he thought was a spear through 47 successful battles, dying when he accidentally dropped it? Yes, but he died because other people could get to him because he didn't have his weapon. So it wasn't because of the actual sphere, but it was because he was vulnerable. Did Barbarossa meet with the same fate only a few minutes after what he thought was a spear slipped out of his hands while he was crossing a stream? Again, he was vulnerable and he actually got caught up in the stream. So that's the problem with a lot of these rumors is that the special powers are not always what they are said to be. How did what was thought to have been a true historical spear end up in the possession of the House of the Habsburgs by 1912, becoming part of the treasure collection stored in Hofburg Museum. Basically, it just kept getting passed on. So one person would just pass it on to the next. And how valuable it was thought to be was was not always known to these people. In September of 1912, did a young Adolf Hitler visiting the Hofburg Museum learning of what was thought to be the sphere and its reputation. Yes. Did Hitler, when standing in front of what he thought was a sphere of destiny, go into a trance? That's what he thought, yes. Why did uh, Hitler believe that he held it before in some earlier century of history, claiming it as his talisman of power while holding the destiny of the world in his hands? He thought he was experienced. You could call it a past life. So he thought he was connecting to these so-called magical powers. So he was deluded. 
The whole concept of Hitler in general, you could say, is that he was deluded, yes. Did Hitler moving what he thought was a sphere to the German city of Nuremberg, did that increase his power in the world? It gave him an ego boost, so his very belief triggered more of his choices. To just as many rulers in a way, if you believe hard enough and have enough confidence and ego boost, you will make your decisions based on that. Did Hitler die 80 minutes after Allied forces to, took possession of what, he was, what was thought to be the sphere? They actually took it a little bit before that, but they took possession of it. Why did famous American General George S. Patton believe in the authenticity of an inauthentic sphere, sphere, which is now back in the Hopberg Museum? Because he saw how much power it could give one person. So in a way, with how strongly someone believed in it, in a way, it was almost magical powers. Did General Patton's death have any connection with the thought to have been authentic sphere? No, not at all. What can we learn from Nazi leaders adopting strange ancient beliefs apparently being seen to be credible by a large proportion of the population? If something seems very unbelievable, make sure to do your research. And especially when it comes to any type of occult, be very, very careful since the manipulation is very real and it happens to people very quickly. So look out for telltale signs if something's an occult where they have their own individual beliefs they are forcing you to believe these, and they also have something that if you really think about it, it seems very strange. And just be very careful with anything that is demonic or Satan worship in a way where it's negatively affecting anyone. So if someone's worshipping something to harm other people, it's a telltale sign that something is bad. Also the superiority. Be very cautious that if someone or a group of people think they are superior above the other groups of people, and want to harm those people that are supposedly below them. So just be very careful who you surround yourself with, since the people you surround yourself with will eventually, you do, will eventually rub off on you, and you share a lot of traits and commonalities with them. That was the last answer. Was the power of the sphere of destiny an idea that was too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Well, I thought it was very interesting that the character of Indiana Jones was actually based on a Nazi archaeologist. I think he was Otto Rahn with his fedora. Yeah, I think what's most shocking to me about this show is how people will just kind of worship and believe almost anything. So it's not even in this situation, but in a lot of situations, people are told something, they believe it, but they have no backing to why they're believing it and no physical evidence. Yeah, I think um, in fairness to people at the time, maybe uh, Himmler and his SS, with their enforcement of the ideology, maybe a lot of people just had to nod their heads and say yes, so that they could survive. Well, on that note, if anyone has any suggestions for upcoming shows, please contact us at our Facebook page, Too Good To Be True, with the first two spelled T-W-O, or our Instagram page at T-W-O-G-T-B-T. And we would love to hear any suggestions, any comments on today's show. And as always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to next week's show.